Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Jody Wellman. Jody is a corporate executive turned advice giver for those who seek practical and actionable takeaways on how to live life to the fullest today, because there might not be a tomorrow. She has a master's in applied positive psychology, is an instructor for the Penn Resilience Program. She's also a columnist for psychologytoday.com and the founder of 4000mondays.com, a company dedicated to help those to stop squandering their lives. I am loving this. Thank you so much for being here today, Jody. Well, thank you for having me, Diane. I'm excited to be chatting with you. I am excited about this too. And I want to talk about Mondays because <laughs> <laughs> most people hate them. You love them. And I would like to know why. Ooh, well, yes, I am. I'm all too happy to tell you why. I'm almost overly enthused um, to tell you why. Uh, and you kind of hit it a little bit when you named off the name of my company, 4,000 Mondays. And so we really roughly get 4,000 Mondays in our lives. That's the average age, around 80-ish. Women live to around 83, men 78. And that fact alone, the research I do, the work I do is really in this space around this concept called memento mori. And I don't know, have you heard that phrase before? Not many have. No. Okay. It's an old Latin phrase and it means, remember, we must die. Oops. And so that already sounds like, wait a sec, we're talking about Mondays. You're talking about dying. This is going from bad to worse, <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> the idea is, and this is where I get excited because it's rooted in research, is it's called temporal scarcity. So when we are reminded of something that is scarce, that is temporary, that is um, a rare, valuable asset, like our lives and the fact that, wow, we only have 4,000, that's the kind of thing that can snap us to attention and help us to start living with more of a sense of attention and urgency and priority. And that is where we start to say, wait a minute, you know, Mondays, are we waking up with that sense of I got to get on with this. My life is my time. My time. My timeline is ticking here. Uh, yeah. And are we doing the work that fills us up, or are we doing the work that makes us feel like, man, I want to make a change in my remaining Mondays? That's where this comes from. I see. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. So it's oddly motivating. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best sum up I've heard. It's oddly motivating. Yes. Well, you know, because then people stop and go, wait, Monday. Wait a second. Okay. Well, so. I, yeah, people ask me, you know, why not 4,000 Fridays? And I say, well, hey, like Fridays are easy. Everybody loves Fridays. Yeah. And that doesn't help you. It's not as visceral to get you to look at your life and do a really stark sort of interrogation of how how is my life doing? You know, am I, am I living it in a way that I might feel actually quite excited and proud of it when I get to the inevitable end? 
Or um, is it more of a, I like to poke people in the ribs, admittedly, and say, does Monday make you feel like you are um, embarking on a week that uses the best of your strengths, maybe, that gets you engaged, that gets you connected with people that matter to you, all the things that may be on your bullet point list of things that matter for your work. For many of us, the answer is yes. For for most of us, though, the answer is no. And I believe that when we do the countdown, and I do a countdown for people also, how many working Mondays do you have left until you might you know, retire with an asterisk, whatever that means these days. Yeah. Um, I get us thinking about how much time is left in your career. And when you see that, why not maybe use that as the motivator to either ratchet up what you're doing with more intensity or make a change to something that might liven you up? Yeah, boy, I, I, I so get it. So sitting on Monday for a minute, yeah. let, let's also talk about productivity because yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about research. Are are people productive on Mondays or Mm. not? Mm. Well, the the research is funny to me because there is such a thing called the Blue Monday phenomenon. It has been studied in the science of, you know, psychology where um, we are clear that our energy does tend to dip on a Monday, our enthusiasm for the work. So admittedly, a lot of people and research shows productivity can dip. I'm going to contradict myself in a moment, but what I will say is that, you know, some studies say we're up to 30% less productive on a Monday. Um, We're far likelier to call in sick on a Monday. Uh, Mondays account for 35% of sick days, for example. Um, And poor health events go through the roof on Mondays. So there are more heart attacks. Um, Blood pressure is elevated on Mondays comparatively. There are more strokes. There are more occupational industries or um, injuries on Monday. So we, you know, we have feelings about Mondays and, you know, this is again, all the more reason how, Hey, can we edit our lives along the way? So that Mondays don't need to represent a daunting day. Um, and that they can actually be something where we don't always have to have a skip in our step. Like, let's just be honest. I'm not that out to lunch. I love what I do. And I will admit that Mondays are the worst and Fridays are the best. <laughs> However, uh, we're just talking about more of a general attitude towards it here of, of feeling plugged in, feeling like you want to, just like I talk about participating in your life. Are we really feeling like we're doing the work we want and maybe even need to be doing? And that, in many cases, comes down to a choice. Right. Yeah. Right. So I find this fascinating that these things, that that there are these statistics about these things that are happening on Mondays. Yeah. You may or may not know the answer to this, but is it because, like, we have psyched ourselves out about Mondays? Yeah. Great question. There are a couple of different source points. And so I'm sure that you and many of your listeners will be nodding at some of these and maybe shaking their head at others. but. I think you are right. There's a bit of a just a cultural feeling around Monday that we all succumb to. Songs are sang about it. We all just don't like Mondays. So that's part of just the environment we live in. It's a societal norm. Um, there is research about how some of us actually have a little bit of anxiety about returning to work on Monday because we've lost the social flow over the weekend. Yeah. And for some of us, you don't even need to be you know, an introvert or somebody who has trouble socially, it's just a bit of a, you know, we're we're having to get back into the groove. So that's one component for some people. Um, My own research shows that there is a disproportionate 
um, emphasis on, well, now it's Monday. I got to get back to being quote unquote responsible. And the fun is over now till Friday night. And I, oh, I got to tell you, Diane, that makes me bristle. I, I get, I get all, I get all hot and bothered about that one because these are our lives, right? And, and, and we can't have lives that are really stuffed into Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday. And then what the rest of the week is just in a job that we don't love maybe a couple of hours in the evening, but most of us statistically are spending that time looking at screens anyways. We're not even living our own lives. We're watching other people live their lives or we're on games or whatnot. And so I think, oh my goodness, we can design our weeks so that they can be full of the things that do give us that sense of vitality, you know, engage in more hobbies, build in more fun during the week. Go have, like, I believe we can rig Mondays override that natural cultural sort of feeling that it does suck and create a lunch to look forward to have like for the husband and I here in this household, we have like Monday night date night where we didn't, we don't go out, but we just stay in and do something fun or we have a great bottle of wine or we'll anticipate watching a really fun movie. We've been putting off for a while, but rig it so that we can in fact build more enjoyment in life and oomph into the week. And that can offset that feeling of here we go again, another week, another work week. What a drag. Um, those are little ideas, I think, based in research. I love those ideas. And mm-hmm. I can see how that would <clears throat> make, c- can flip the switch and make Monday, make you look forward to Monday because right. you've got something that you've chosen. And I love this idea of choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's critical. <laughs> it, it isn't yet. Don't you find, and I know you speak to entrepreneurs, people at large, that, you know, oftentimes we end up feeling stuck in our circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to say that it is easy to change our circumstances if they happen to be maybe particularly lousy. But I do notice in working as an executive coach for many years with people, um, working through my own malaise and disenchantment in my own corporate existence 10 years ago. You know, I felt stuck for two, three years, actively wanting to leave, but being scared about how to do it. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was going to move to. I felt stuck by the, you know, the trappings of success. I was, I, I, I mean, I, things were not good for me precisely because I felt like I was stuck. And, uh, there's this silly story that I tell, I can't not think of it right now, where I remember being in my office at the time and I was in, um, I was in a, a great role, you know, I'd worked myself up to it and I felt like I knew I needed to move, didn't know how, and I was doing something at my desk and I was stapling pages together and my stapler ran out of staplers. Oh, okay. No big deal. I went and rummaged and found a row of staples and I loaded the stapler up. And I remember saying to myself, as I put that row of pristine staples into that stapler, I said, I better not be here by the time this runs out of staples. <laughs> and I felt like, oh, right. All right. And, I, and you know what it did? It really made me, it motivated me. I thought, well, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be here after these 250 staples. Well, here's the thing. Like a year passes. I'm stapling, you know, other mundane things together. And my stapler ran out of staples. And it was such a deplorable moment. Because, of course, I realized I'm still here. <laughs> I've done nothing. I, I was hoping for change to happen to me, right? right? I wanted somehow a headhunter to come find me and pluck me out of my quiet misery. Nobody knew I was unhappy. I mean, I faked it very well. 
but not, you know, and, and that taught me, and, I, and I'll just fast forward. I reloaded the stapler. I did that twice, two times more until I finally ended up working with a coach and figuring out that I moved into leadership development, executive coaching at that time. And it was fabulous. And, um, you know, I, I just, I needed to go through that process, but I've learned the lesson and let this be, let this be maybe inspiration to, to the rest of us. And I need reinforcement myself that, um, we need to be the ones to take meaningful action. And and it's scary. And sometimes we are shaking the apple cart. And did I disrupt my income? For sure. For a couple of years. Yeah. And did I change my identity? The thing that I was so good at that I left? For sure. But was it worth it? Even more so. Yeah. And so, yes, we, are, we, we have the reins. We're just afraid to use them in our lives. And, uh, and man, that gives me, I mean, back to the idea again about time ticking. Like if I know I have... 1,878 Mondays left in my existence, I don't want to spend really any of those Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Thursdays stuck in a situation that is anything less than feeling like I'm I'm in control doing the things that I long to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with that. I know when I made the decision to go into business for myself, mm-hmm. I was oddly calm. Mm. Yeah, it was weird. Like people always say to me, weren't you scared? And I'm like, "Mm, no, Uh, (laughs) a little strange, but my husband was nervous. Okay. And I said to him, first, I said, we have to assume I'm going to be successful. And then I said, and this isn't the last decision I ever have to make. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. So I was in my mind, I was positioned with, okay, you know what? I'm giving this thing a shot. I, I don't like you know, my existence as it is, this jazzes me up. It was a great, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And it wasn't an easy thing, but yeah, Yeah. you know, but I love that line, but this isn't the last decision. And that, and I, I, I do think we lull ourselves sometimes into this hopeful situation that then I will arrive. You yeah. know, like I will, cre- I will create an existence, which is ballsy and gutsy and just like it takes some courage and we do it and we feel, okay. And so now I've learned some lessons or I, now I've created the existence I want. And well, the one thing, of course we know to be true is change is the only constant. And so <laughs> we're always needing to, you know, like the example I gave about the staples, even I thought to myself, and now this lesson has been learned for the rest of my life. Well, no, because I found myself a couple of years later involved in uh, a job with a client that uh, had reached its expiry date that I was too reluctant to move on from for other reasons that I, again, was just feeling stuck and scared. Now, I will say, I moved on from that heck of a lot faster than the three years <laughs> it took me as I kept reloading my stapler. But um, but you're right. We're this is this this is this is the game that we signed up for when we asked to be born, right? Like yeah. ups and downs and highs and lows, and let's just navigate the ride, but know that we are, the locus of control is internal. It's a, it's exactly. in us. Usually. Yeah. And that's so empowering when you know, okay, I get to shift at any point in time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get to do anything else. So yeah. why not? Right. Like, right. Well, what have I got to yes. lose? I'm going to learn something. Yes. Yeah. And think about all the things. So I think about we're talking mostly about making a career change. And the, we could take this outside of work, right? There's the idea about people longing to want to make a move. Um, my husband and I moved to Palm Springs, California last year. 
uh, because we had just reached our lifetime limit of cold uh, in Chicago and Toronto. Um, and so that is just one example. We don't move often. This is not our usual thing, but we can make big decisions that are not easy. You know, we can right. we can embark upon the big things again that you say, and I'll tell you the motivation for that still stemmed from this idea that life is too short not to. Yeah. Right. So if if you've been thinking about a big plan or you've been thinking about starting a new division of the business, or I said even even the small things, because that's where life is usually lived, right? It's like our day-to-day yeah, existence right. is just one little decision to the next. What about what about that new product that you've been just would really love to launch or that new compensation plan you've been dying to try or the like we're not talking about an onslaught of change and new things all launched for next month we have to pace ourselves but we do have to take the plunge and and mm-hmm. give it a go because time's going to tick on mercilessly without us right all of a sudden i don't know about you but i don't know how it got to be you know the date that oh. it is right oh, like and and it's and it only gets faster. Research shows yeah. our perception of time increases as we age. And so the only way that we can slow it down, to be super honest, um, is creating novelty. That's one of the proven ways is that we have to we have to shake up our existence, our experience of being alive, the things we know to be true. And so one of the best ways is to, well, you know what? Start that new division at work or create that new word chart or move to that new town or go travel and do that extended sabbatical you've been thinking about or fine maybe even just take that road trip over the weekend but go for it just do do like make take action and make moves that are different from what you normally do hey friends this is jim knight former 21-year hard rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker and i'm brant menswar former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band, turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you wanna learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian jiu-jitsu in life. We've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. I love this because sometimes I feel like wanting to change Mm-hmm. Or wanting to do new things or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is can sometimes feel like um, you're potentially dissatisfied when like I'm not, oh. but yeah. I just get an urge to do something that I haven't done before or oh. change the decor or something like that. It's not because I'm not happy. It's oh, yeah. so this is interesting that that this is a, a thing that we... Oh. 
need yes. this. I love this. Yeah, I love what you're saying. I, I This doesn't come up a lot, but I think that you're voicing something a lot of people think but don't say. And you are right that it um, initiating a change doesn't have to signal dissatisfaction. It's the pursuit of what's possible. And, and so I think that, you know, I look at people, I, I divide um, life, quite frankly, into four quadrants. Um, and it's on a spectrum of like living wider with vitality. That's the X axis. And then living deeper with meaning. That's the Y axis. And we can find ourselves in any one of the four. Well, the the Mecca, the good place is what I call astonishingly alive, which is when we are living wide with vitality and fun and experience. And where we are also living really deep with a lot of meaning and purpose and sense of connection to others. That's that astonishing life category. And so I work with people who are already firmly planted there. Now, to be honest, many people are not in that zone. That's fine. That's all. We're, we're, we're striving. We're getting there. But even people who are in that zone, self-identified, they still want to go even farther into yeah. that astonishingly that zone. And that is what, it, I mean, to be honest, this is what self-actualization is. This is why people are listening to your podcast right now is because self-improvement and a desire for more, many, most of us are wired this way, some of us more than others. And so, yeah, your desire to redecorate uh, is born, I believe, and, and among all these things, is out of not just um, that I have to fix what's broken, right? Or it's it's about wanting what else is possible, and then I also do do validate it with research about we need the variety and novelty. It's actually this concept called psychological richness. And so they talk about well-being being part of different domains, right? So there is the widening in life that I talked about, the hedonic sort of fun and pleasure. There's the there's the um, eudaimonic dimension of well-being, which is the deeper, more virtuous side of well-being. And then there is the the novelty. And those three combined come up with what's called psychological richness. And if you didn't redecorate, I would beg to differ. I would say that you would not be psychologically rich. I say we we got to go out there, try a new dinner, try a new date night. Go try. If you always do the same thing at the holidays, do something different this holiday. You know, shake things up. That's what slows time down, or at least our perception of it. And gives us something else to to riff off of an experience and laugh, or maybe it doesn't work out. Because half the time, that's not true. Not half. Some of the time, the new thing you try will be a flop. Yeah. But, but I mean, to be honest, the way I look at it is we can just laugh at it later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly like I love my new patio. Oh, really? But, yeah. And I'm telling you, like, yeah. um, but this is how I am. I was like, wait, what do you think about? And and my husband was sweet enough to build it for me. Right. And <laughs> oh. then I I made tables. I've never made a table before. You I made, made tables, a table? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh. great. And I love going out there. And I told him last night, I said, well, the good news is because, <laughs> you know, there's like other stuff going on. The good news is I love sitting on that patio. <laughs> it's just, yes, it's so yes. simple, but it, I'm loving that this is this novelty thing is a good thing. Oh, I love that. And because you had a vision about, you knew you wanted a patio yep. and making it happen. You just used the word simple, Diane. And I just want to just jump on that for a second okay. because we often confuse ourselves into thinking that it's going to be the big stuff that's going to deliver for us. And yeah. it does for a little while, but there's this thing called hedonic adaptation where we're just going to get used to all like the big things. Like for example, you know, we're moving to Palm Springs. Well, at some point the mountains are going to bore us. Um, 
fortunately not yet, but we have to actively work to be to be grateful for them. But for most of us, it's the slow drip of the smaller things that bring us joy that at some point too, you're going to need to switch up something on that patio. You're going to need to get some of different course. pillows out there, right? Or rearrange something or <laughs> plant a new tree or, you know, at least have a different, I don't know, glass of something while you're sitting out there yeah. in order to shake it up a little. And that's okay. But like you said, yeah. that's the that's the thing that lets you feel like I'm so glad we're here despite all this other garbage going on. Wow, that's so great. Because I, I thought it was because we moved so much when I was a kid that I didn't know how to sit still. Oh, wow. But no. No, it's necessary. Yeah. 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 Wow. God, th- this is like really amazing. So um, I am curious also mm-hmm. about what you think about a four-day work week. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of yeah. people think that's the solution, you know. Well, you know, I think it depends on how we how we look at the four day work week. So for some people, their approach is like a: Am I solving? Am I lessening something deadening in my life? <laughs> so I, of course, look at life as like what enlivens you and what deadens you. If the job is depleting, de-energizing, and we all know that kind of job, it's the job yeah. that everybody in your life knows about because you complain about it all the time. Um, four days is going to potentially mitigate a little bit of it, but it's, you're still dealing with a necrotic tissue in your life. And I think you need to cut that out. And for me, that usually then means make a change for entrepreneurs in the group. And this, this, I realize, like working with, you know, small business owners, medium business owners is like, well, if it's your business, well, I recognize that's a bigger decision to make. But, um, if your starting point is negative, diminishing it to 80% is going to just slow the death. So I that that's a that's just an unvarnished opinion on that. If however, let's look at the other side of the coin for the people out there in the Gallup organization studies engagement, you know, and it's you know 31% I think at latest count of people are actively engaged at work, which obviously is just under a third of the people out there are really plugged into work, psychologically interested, motivated, engaged. Let's just all take a moment to take a moment of silence to acknowledge that that's just a super crappy number. But anyway, so for those who are kind of digging the work, I will flip my opinion and I will say that four days is potentially dynamite with an asterisk. Dynamite, amazing, like great. If more people will be productive, if you can condense it, if you know for you, you know, the day before you go on a vacation, you got more done on that day or that week than you did in like the last quarter. <laughs> so we we can we can get things done and then go and live a fabulous three day weekend, which really we know is three and a half days because we're all checked out on the proverbial last day of the work week anyways, half the day. That's lovely. The asterisk I said earlier comes up when it's one of those four days, wink, wink. And that I do see a lot with clients where it's, yeah, we're working 80%, but like the volume is still untenable. And burnout, I mean, no one's eradicating burnout just by saying you only have to show up 80% of the time. Because if the volume of work still needs to get done, what you're really doing is you're creating more pressure into those four days potentially. um, And it's bleeding over into day five anyway. So I, you know, a lot of people I work with are like, yeah, I'm just working from well, most people are working from home anyways, but I'm I'm still working on the supposed off day anyway. So boundaries need to be set. Um, guidelines need to be adhered to. The boss needs to be, you know, for all you bosses listening, owning your businesses, et cetera, um, or working as leaders, 
it's like you need to model it, right? Like you can't be sending messages on the supposed day off to someone. You need to be radio silent. Um, you need to model that you're going to the beach or that you're going to have a, you know, going to the bookstore and having a reading marathon that day, like model that this actually is designed to be about time off. And that that's a life worth living. That's a nice balance potentially. What do you think about the four days? You know, I think, I don't know really what I feel like. I mean, a lot of people say, okay, I'd rather do four tens than than five eights. Mm -hmm. I have found for me, Mm -hmm. um, then this doesn't work, you know, in every industry, but I block Monday. I still work. Yeah. I just block certain things from happening on Mondays. Yeah. So that works for me. I look yep. forward to Monday. I, you know, I I know I'm like sort of easing into yeah. the week. It's an opportunity to get a lot of stuff done and out of the way or get caught up if the weekend yeah. ends up being really busy. So yeah. Um, so I'm still working a five-day week. It's just yeah, how I'm working it is different. Yep. Yep. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I talk about to to teams and leaders is this idea about designing a better day on a Monday, which is what you've done. And by the way, I used to do that too. I made my Mondays super light and open for creative time, which meant I look forward to it more as well. And I've just let things bleed over. But like most things we do, you know how usually we're like, I used to do that. I'm going to go back to that. That's one of the things I'm going to go back to. Thank you. Um, But this (laughs) idea of designing a better day, you know, for, I mean, we're not all our own boss. um, And so that might mean that you can't be, you can't decline every meeting someone gives you on a Monday, especially if it's your boss. However, for leaders, don't be the leader that stuffs Monday full of stuff that is um, maybe not that enlivening. It's like, if you're holding a monster meeting on a Monday, don't be surprised if morale and engagement are down. Move the status update to Tuesday. Like make a Monday more meaningful. Every All generations, that's the one thing all generations in the workplace want right now um, is more meaning at work. Yeah. And so ask the team or ask your colleagues, like what is inspiring Um, get them thinking about how what they're doing in their work connects to the mighty mission, whatever that might be. Um, Make that the content of a Monday meeting if you're insistent on having a Monday meeting. Or the social interaction can be big on a Monday. Like Make make that the interactive time with colleagues or peers or um, people that you want to network with just to get some kind of a conversation point going. Social capital is massive at work, but we underestimate it. Um, Getting people sharing weekend highlights, videos, pictures of the silly things they did, these are ways that we can make Mondays less gag worthy. Um, but, and again, if you do have, like we do the ability to design our own days. Well, I mean, that to me is like golden opportunity to really plan. Like this is where I think the difference sometimes between a week that slips us by and then therefore a life that's, that passes us by. Cause like that's all our lives are. just a bunch of weeks and hours stitched together. Um, being intentional. And stopping and just giving a crap. Normally, I wouldn't say crap. I'd say something worse. <laughs> giving a crap about our time and saying, I'm going to make my Monday lunch break, even if it's just 20 minutes. I'm going to make it incredible. Like I'm going to order my very favorite thing, or I'm going to have something that's special, or I'm going to, like, if you can arrange to maybe take the morning. I know some people, you know, when you go on a vacation, Vacations feel special sometimes because not only is your whole routine altered back to novelty, but you get to go out for breakfast 
or you have a leisurely morning or something's different, right? With breakfast. Like I know some people where they now look forward to Monday because they go for, they go to the diner before they start work and, or they, so they order their favorite omelet. And then that way it just feels like a fun way to start the week, or they will intentionally do something active. And if you're already, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Super fit, well, fine, keep at it. But otherwise it could just be like a really refreshing walk that you're listening to um, some kind of a, either entertaining or funny or some kind of podcast or some, or just listening to the birds go music free, just something that enlivens you. Those are choices again, that we can make that can design a better day. And I'm just talking Mondays now, like nothing stopping us from doing that on a Thursday morning too. Right. So just, just, just planning. No one has time or energy or financial resources to plan every day that way necessarily. But when we just pepper in a few more of those into each month of our life, something little special sprinkled here and there, that all of a sudden, again, alters the way we are perceiving our time. And it creates that illusion of not even an illusion. Oh my goodness. The reality of I'm, I'm showing up and I'm living around. I'm, I'm life's getting lived around here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And, and I love that it's even just uh, a couple of things, right? It's mm-hmm. not about packing your schedule with so much stuff. Mm-hmm. that it loses its meaning it's it's right really the the small things the yeah. yeah 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 it well we unrealistically like i said earlier we might we might work towards the big goals and research in psychology shows that the perception of our life satisfaction that we get from reaching a big goal there is a spike but it will subside yeah. Whereas if we can celebrate small wins and progress along the way towards a big goal, that delivers a bigger wallop. And but many of us, in especially in the work we do, we're we got our eye on the prize at the end. Yeah. And we're not stopping and acknowledging on a given day, like, whoa, I actually made like a like I made a real progress on this bear of a task. And if you took the project, whatever it might be. And mapped it out and said, actually, there are kind of 12 really big things that I have to get done. Well, how are you celebrating each step of the way? Yeah, and most people yeah. look around like, what are you talking about celebrating? Like, other than just, I'm on to the next thing. Yep. But no, like that, that, like once, if you, for example, the big thing is I got the proposal out. That was a big part of this project. That, to me, in my mind, deserves a special something that night. I don't know what that is for you, but that did deserve something that is worth some kind of a, maybe, maybe it's a team a potluck fun thing outing something uh, maybe in your own life if it's a milestone in or out of work it could be something that you only you know will make you feel like little things again this does not need to be about booking a trip to vienna this is about going to the beautiful stationery store and walking around and buying your stuff like a little special special thing of cards that then you love little writing and then maybe a special pen what whatever floats your boat yeah. But acknowledging the progress is is um is a proven way in positive psychology to to jack up our experience of happiness. Oh, so great. Jody, I have loved this conversation and I love how you share this information and make it so doable. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, thank you for letting me have this conversation with you. It's an honor to chat with you. I love what you do. And uh, 
And it, hey, we're all interested in time. This, this to me in my mind was really great time well spent with you. So thank you. Excellent. And will you tell the listeners how they can find you? Oh, thanks for asking. I can be found over at 4000mondays.com. Got it. Okay. And I will make sure that is in the show notes. So again, thank you. Love the conversation. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.